This is Brian Croft. Welcome to another edition of Trench Talk, the podcast of Practical Shepherding. And I am joined in studio with Jim Sebastio. Jim, good to see you. Glad. Thanks for being here. Oh, always good to be here, Brian. Now, before we get going into the topic, uh, which you will really want to listen to in this particular episode, I believe, is we want to ask Jim to give a health update because we let you know on the previous podcasts that Jim had suddenly been struck with a, with a bout of Bell's palsy, which is which paralyzed the right side of his face, and obviously brings some some physical challenges and struggles with that, including being able to 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 speak as clearly as you normally do. And you're going to even pick up on that as Jim talks a little bit on this episode. Jim, will you give just a little health update and let everybody know? Because I know folks have been praying for you. Tell us how you're doing. Yeah, uh, thanks, Ryan. Yeah, so this is coming on uh, ten weeks, I believe. Uh, it did Bell's mm-hmm. palsy hit, or nine, uh, nine or ten weeks coming up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it hit at the end of November, and so all of uh, December, and apparently now will be all of January. Um, and so I'm learning to live with it. Uh, uh, the condition is essentially unchanged, although. Uh, you begin to learn to adapt right. with, with certain things. So what this means, if you were to see me, um, my right eye cannot close by itself. Uh, it, it, I, I don't blink. I can't blink. Mm. Um, uh, if I at, at night, people say, oh, how do you sleep? And I've jokingly said, I've, I've taken a job with the government, of, uh, <laughs> so I just stay awake at night, and my eye just looks and watches everything. Which I'm sure your uh, wife appreciates. Right, yeah. yeah. So... Uh, if I close my left eye, I am able to manually close my right eye with my fingers. Or uh, okay. there have been times I have taped my eyelids shut. Okay. Uh, and it'll say if I manually close it, and as long as my left eye is closed, my right eye will stay mostly closed. So okay. uh, I'm still having some trouble with speaking and uh, pronouncing certain words, uh, yeah. particularly. Any letters that have the puff sound, so right. you can see that. Yeah. Uh, so P's and F's, um, and then certain uh, diphthongs. Um, mm. We're joking, you know. We we joke about it some, but you know, pronouncing uh, certain th sounds, and then mm. the kind of the lisping sounds. Um, and so people have said. Uh, are you going to preach? And I say, yes, I'm going to you know, preach on the, the parable of the thistles uh, <laughs> or something from Thessalonians uh, as much as possible. Um, and oddly enough, I am actually going to try to preach this Sunday. Right. And of course, part of the theme will be dealing with the faithfulness of God. Yeah. Uh, but one of the things I can do, if I pull my lip back manually, I can... Which you're doing right now. Which I'm doing right, right now. And so you can tell a difference and I can overall speak more clearly. Right. Um, but this has meant that I, I have not preached um, since uh, I was scheduled to preach first Sunday of December. And I've not... But I did not do that. And I have not preached for all of December and all of... Uh, and now all of January, though, I'm going to attempt to preach this Sunday, I think. So that's the plan. But um, And this is the longest break this is in the 35... Right? In about 35 years, yeah. yeah. So uh, I I preached my first sermon in March of 1979. Uh, so I'm coming up on the 40th anniversary of that first sermon. Wow. Uh, and then from the time that I was in college and then all through seminary, uh, I preached, you know, once or twice a month, basically, 
for almost all of that time. So yeah. almost from the time I've been in, you know, 19, 18, 19, 20 years old, uh, and I'm now 56. Uh, so, you know, do the math. Uh, this is the longest I've gone. And then certainly in my ministry uh, at uh, Reformed Baptist, uh, which began, I preached my first sermon there February of 1990. Wow. And, um, and so, yeah, this is the longest by far that I've, that I've ever gone without uh, teaching or preaching. Jim, thanks for the update, because w- this is what we want to talk about, was as Jim and myself were thinking about what to, what to talk about, what to, to bring to you. I mean, this has been a, a, a significant issue uh, and struggle and you know, trial for Jim, his church, his family, and uh, but God has been teaching him a lot through this, and I've I've watched that, and and I want some of you to benefit from what God is teaching Jim through this, and what we need to understand with what's happened is without notice, Jim, you all of a sudden were unable to preach, and and you and just just like that, and. People have had to fill in for the last for the last what, 10, 10, 11 weeks mm-hmm. without notice, including you, including me, which I love to do at right. your church, and and so we want to tackle this topic, and that topic is what happens when God, because we need to know that God's sovereign over the universe and over this this event and when it happened in right. your life, and you know that. What happens when the pastor is suddenly laid aside by God, and what does the church do? How does a pastor? process his ministry or a significant part of his ministry just being taken in a moment like that. This happens more often than we want to think. We kind of think we're invincible. We're going to go, we're going to do this forever. Right. And But there are health things that happen. There are tragedies that happen. I saw last night that there was a, a pastor, another pastor that committed suicide. Right. Yeah, I read the same thing. What And what does that church do now with with that pastor who is suddenly not just gone, but tragically gone in those ways? So we want to talk about this. Jim, will you set up just a little bit with us, either uh, just biblically or or how to to help us think through this idea as we jump into the topic? Yeah, uh, sure. And again, I hope... I will occasionally pull my my mouth back, so there'll be times I I, I will you know certainly try to sound more clearly. It, it, it's come at it from a lot of different angles, and so let me I'm going to preface this with a maybe uh, let me theologically, and then I want to give uh, an it's maybe an interesting story, and then maybe walk through this uh, as a as as a man as a as a Christian and as a and as a pastor. There are times in a man's ministry when, for one reason or another, he's going to be laid aside, and uh, I've given a lot of thought to the Apostle Paul uh, in yeah. this. And so, you know, you you think of a man, uh, men in ministry, or you lay hold of a a word like you know Paul saying, "Woe is me if I don't preach the gospel," and or you take Jeremiah with this, you know, burning fire word, like a fire within me. I couldn't, yeah, I couldn't hold it in, or he described like it like a a vessel of wine that's about to burst and, yeah. you know, or, and which is <laughs> like the imagery of a full bladder, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's gotta, you gotta have release. And, uh, maybe, you know, a pastor might have, I've saw some pastors frustrated on Twitter a couple of weeks ago because of snow or ice. They had a sermon that they were just burning to preach and then yeah. they were denied the opportunity. So what do you do? I had a sermon ready to go on December Second, I was uh, going to take Sunday school, and I was going to preach that morning, and uh, and all of a sudden, uh, I and I was happened. I was actually sitting there, yeah. you know. So, you know, so I thought about the 
Apostle Paul and a couple of incidences in his life when, you know, the same man who was commissioned by Christ. So there's no doubt about his, he didn't just feel like he was called, think he was called. He was verifiably called by the risen Christ. Right. And a big part of his ministry was to preach the word and Mm -hmm. uh, to plant churches and to preach. And then, so what does the Lord do? Well, several times the Lord puts him in prison. Right. He went in prison for years. Years, you know, and and, and during uh, his first imprisonment, you have a record of maybe two sermons. Um, so you know, uh, to to Felix and to Festus and Agrippa. Now I don't know what else he did, but you know, there's a lot of downtime where mm-hmm. he's in chains, right? And you think, well, Lord, what are you doing? Why would you take one of the greatest preachers and church planters and then? Put him in. Put him in prison. Why right. would you do that? Mm-hmm. And even Jeremiah, who I've talked about, also had you know spent time in which you know he he was in a pit and and uh, other times where he was providentially hindered from preaching. Mm-hmm. And I just went through a book on the life of uh, Mrs. Spurgeon. Yeah. Um, yeah, and you realize that Spurgeon had months where he didn't preach. You know, right. where physically. And and emotionally, yeah, emotionally he was unable. Too. So sometimes it was just he was emotionally laid aside. Right. That's right. And it's interesting. Spurgeon, I, I I read this to Brian a moment ago. Spurgeon in a a sword and trowel article uh, from May uh, eighteen seventy six uh, called "Laid Aside Why." Mm-hmm. Now he's really going to touch on your pride here, so he's not talking here about a you know uh, he's talking about the kind of man who thinks to himself, well, if I get laid aside, what will the church do? Right, right. And I and I can talk about this because Brian, I wrestled with this for a long time, mm-hmm. and I hope not just with pride, but I was just kind of looking at it realistically. But you know that who else was going to preach? Who else was going to teach? We didn't right. have a lot of teachers and preachers. For a long time, my only fellow elder worked 50, 60 hours a week, and mm-hmm. you know uh, what was he? What was going to happen if if I wasn't there in a small church? And how are you going to get preachers? And right, there's two pieces to it, right? The personal right. side, and then the right. the, 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 the logistical really side. The really logistical right. side. But yep. but he does say this. He Spurgeon says, and brothers hear this: We are nothings and nobodies, but that we do not think so is very evident. Now, right, so he says, theologically, we say, well, I'm a nobody, but practically, we think the work can't go on without me. But he right. says this, for as soon as we are put on the shelf, we begin anxiously to inquire, how will the work go on without me? And then he says this sarcastically, mm-hmm. as well might the fly on the coach wheel inquire, how will the mail be c- carried without me? <laughs> right? So I, I thought of myself yeah. a lot, I'm a fly on the wheel, fly right? On the wheel, That's yep. what the Lord is teaching me, among yeah. other things. That's right. He says, far better men, so think of Paul, think of Jeremiah, think of Spurgeon, have been laid even in the grave without having brought the Lord's work to a standstill. That is, mm-hmm. As a great preacher dies, you know what? The kingdom doesn't shut down. That's what Ecclesiastes teaches us. Yep. Hey, the world didn't stop when we were born, and the world's not going to stop when we die. The, the, the evangelical church isn't going to, oh, no, what's going to happen? RBC's not going to fall apart because... Their primary preacher has been laid aside for 10 weeks or so. So it's been very good for me. It's been good for me, and I think it's been very good for the church. Um, So let me share a little story. Before you jump in this story, let me just thank you for sharing that. And I'm going to ask Jim to continue. 
<clears throat> but just want to pause for a moment if you're listening to this and you're trying to relate to what Jim's talking about, and you obviously didn't have something physically happen to you that that sidelined you as it has with, with Jim in, in preaching. Uh, if you're sitting there and you have trouble taking vacation time, even taking two weeks, because exactly. you think, what will happen to this church? You know, this church that existed maybe for 80 years before you got there. <laughs> what what What's going to happen to the church if I leave for, for two weeks? It's going right. to fold. And so if just start to think of it, your own life and your own ministry in those terms. What are the little things that you say, well, I can't do this, or I can't be gone because yeah. then the church can't I, function. Right. And, and so try to relate to it in that way as Jim continues to yeah. tell you this, yeah, these exactly, stories. Yeah, exactly. You know, just to pick up on that, I... I I, I've been working with a, a fellow pastor, and, and not at my church, but in another church, and exhorting him because I don't know when this guy last time he took a Sunday or Wednesday off. Right, like there's tons out there. Like, like if he has to be gone somewhere on on a Tuesday, he will drive through the night in order that he can right. lead the meeting on Wednesday. And that's right. I said, brother, it's unhealthy for you, and it's unhealthy for your church. Yeah, that's right. Um, you you have to know. Now I've been there. I I understand that. I felt that. There were times I. Re- I I thought, what am I going to do? You know, I, I can't get away because there are people that need you, and, and and you have to realize that you're not their savior. And you, yeah, you do want to be there. You want to be there in illness or in sickness. But and there were times in the past, yeah, I would have cut a vacation short to get home because somebody, you know, was in need. And and I, 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 I've had to recognize there are other brothers in the church or sisters in the church that can come alongside and, and shepherd them. And, um, and I'm glad uh, in, their, in my absence. I'm glad you said that because if you're listening to this and you're hearing us say that, and you can be aware of when you say to yourself the same thing that yeah. I, I I cannot miss. I have to be there for this, or I have to be there right. for that person. You may truly believe that even as we're you're sitting here listening to this. I just want to challenge you as we continue in this episode to be open to the fact that you actually might be wrong. <laughs> that, that you may truly believe that, but that right. doesn't mean you're right. So and just God listen. May- Right, and God may show you. That's like, right. You know, so you know, Brian. How many times have you urged me to take a sabbatical? Quite, and, quite a bit, yeah. yeah, quite a bit. And I <laughs> and I've resisted that, and and there've been a number of reasons why uh, that I've resisted it. I don't think all of those reasons necessarily were horrible reasons, right? But this has been very kindly, I believe, kindly and custom made by God hmm. to to at least give me a break from my pulpit ministry. Now, I'm still ministering privately. I'm in all the elders' meetings, elders' deacons' meetings, right. and I've done uh, oversight meetings with the congregation. I've done counseling. and I've You work with other pastors uh, even. I still work other with other stuff, pastors, yeah. mm-hmm. and so, you know, as, as best I can. I, I, I do a lot more listening now, too, because I— um, But I believe this has been very kindly and custom-made by God— He's given me a condition that has affected me publicly. Right. Um, you know, not not to a degree where I'm completely like laryngitis or my mm. vocal cords have been paralyzed or something like that. Right. So I, I can still communicate, uh, communicate with a degree of difficulty. <clears throat> and that is both difficult because it's touching on, he has determined to touch on an area that I would have regarded as my strength. Right. It's my voice. Yeah. I make my living by my voice. I try to speak clearly. I've done acting. Right. Uh, you know, uh, I, I, I'm a, been a public speaker, you know, well, and all this kind of stuff. And then God touches you in a point where you think you're strong. It takes mm. that away from you. So, so, um, so, so, 
Go, yeah, go Jim, ahead. can we get into so can we get into the lessons? Yeah, that because I know there's a ton. Right, God has and we taught yeah, you. and I don't want to take too much time with it, but I do think it could be helpful. So, so what are some of the what are some of the lessons? You, what's it? Talk about this. What's it been like to have to walk in in your be in your church functioning this way? And feel free to get into any of the lessons yeah. that God's teaching you. Sure, too. sure. Well, let me. I'm going to start with a, a story. Really, you know, and again, and this is just really in the providence of God. Two weeks before this happened, literally two weeks before this happened, I was I had a meeting with an older man who had been in ministry. Yeah. And he was he has been spiritually depressed really for years because he was taken out of ministry. Okay. And uh, he kind of feels like if I can't preach, then who am I? Mm-hmm. If I can't preach, you know, he he so he has tied together usefulness in the kingdom with public ministry now of course now how do i how do i minister to a guy like that without sounding like a hypocrite because well that's what i i do i got to do what he longs to do right and when for me to sit there and say well brother you shouldn't think that way when the next sunday i was going to preach two or three times and you know it's like yeah easy for you to say well and i said to him in that meeting mm-hmm. i said if god were to take away my ability to preach not morally disqualify me, but physically disqualify me. It's like, and I said, say I had a stroke, huh. and I was unable to speak publicly. I, and I said to him, I, I, I assure you that my identity is not so bound up in what I do publicly that I could not sit there and relish being a part of the worshiping community of God and feel like hmm. I could still do good to God's people. Well, wow. he came up to me, you know, a week or two after this, two and weeks he said, after, yeah, and yeah. says to me. So you know, he said, "You you didn't know to go. You didn't have to go to that extreme to <laughs> to prove your point." But I mean, I'm, made, but I'm right? thankful because that when I said that it was theoretical. Right. Right. I believed it to be true. Right. But I didn't know if it was true. Mm-hmm. I now know it's true. Yeah. Right. And yeah. now, I, I now I say that be, and I've I've been afflicted with a condition that medically speaking will you know will last can last up to six months but it shouldn't be beyond that mm-hmm. i could be permanent it could be the rest of my right, life sure. and i've had to try to think okay what if it is the rest of my life um but i i i have i i have loved i have i have loved watching god's people fed uh-huh and I'm thankful that it's not been with jealousy, like, oh, no, this is, you know, what if their f- affections get transferred over to our younger pastor instead yeah. of, you know. Yeah. Um, I haven't felt that, and I'm very thankful. And my goal has always been, you know, I just want God's people to be fed. And if I can feed them, that's great. If Brian Croft comes in and feeds them, then that's great. You know, I had Conrad and Bayway preach for you know one of the Sundays. Oh, pretty good, you know. Yeah. Uh, that's that's good feeding, and I've loved watching the Lord's people be fed. I've enjoyed sitting with my family and being a worshiper. I've honestly felt, and I don't mean this in any sense, you know, um, morbidly, but it's almost like watching the church after I'm dead. Interesting. I've had people say to me in the past, well, you don't know what it's like when you're not here. I was like, well, now I do. I kind of like, I feel <laughs> like, do. I feel like I'm there and I'm not there. Right. Cause I'm not doing nearly what I, uh, you know, what I was doing. Yeah. And people have been very good. They've been very loving and very, you know, people tell me, I get letters and notes from people saying they miss my preaching and they, and that's very sweet. And, and, but I, I, it's even almost to the point of thinking uh, I've enjoyed this so much. Do I want to go back to it? You know, yeah, uh, right. 
uh, and you know, and I do love to feed the people of God, and I'm yeah. thankful for that opportunity, and I'm and I'm going to try to do that this Sunday, and we'll see how that goes. So you've said so much just about you've identified not having all the answers, but you have identified just the the providence and even the kind providence of God yeah. in this affliction, right? And the things, and he's he's teaching you things, he's giving you a. I find that just incredibly fat. I mean, that no one would dispute the the providence of God in yeah. a conversation you have with a pastor that you're exhorting him in these ways. Yeah, very two striking weeks providence. later, right. literally two weeks, two later. weeks later that you're, you're afflicted with this. And right. so I, I just want to speak personally as one of Jim's dear friends and spending several different times with him since this has happened the last two and a half months, that the, the faith he's speaking out of is, is truly genuine. This has certainly been hard. He has recognized that. He has struggled through that, but um, I have been inspired and moved and helped by just w- watching Jim learn what he's learning, and he's teaching me as I watch him walk through this, and and I watch him in what we're talking about here. He's, he's just instantly laid aside from something that he is called to do, that he loves to do. It's clearly from the Lord. It's one of those right. things you can't dis- dispute, and you don't get all the answers why, but yet you have been attentive to see how God yeah. has wanted to teach you, I commit. I just want to commend yeah. you that. Well, I appreciate. It. Well, <clears throat> praise the Lord. You know, my uh, I read I read a, a, an article, a blog, I guess it was a couple of years ago that was just uh, something was said, and it was just a, a few lines in it, but it's been transformative. It was about a woman, who, a young lady who had cancer, and she reported that she, when she told her mom, and her mom said to her, "Well, the, the most important thing is for you to get well." I understand that as a as a as a parent. But she said, no, Mom, the most important thing is for God to receive glory. Mm. And, you know, I realized actually the other day I was, I, I thought, you know, I don't even know that I've, I had not yet asked God to heal me. Mm. I had simply asked God that I would honor him in this. Yeah. And I thought, it's not wrong for me to pray to be healed, but right. I really had a desire to receive this and embrace this as from him, and I really have felt this has been custom designed mm. to lay me aside because... In all honesty, I, you know, this is where I would have struggled. This is wrong, but I would have struggled. If I had taken these two months just off, I would have had times where I struggled with guilt. Yeah, you've mentioned that to me too. And, yeah. and that I can do this, I can do this. Now, mm-hmm. there's other brothers are being are doing the work that I could do, and I'm asking them to I'm do this. I'm putting them out to ask I'm to do them them. Out, yeah. And so I could have done, and God's saying, I'm going to give you something. Mm. It's not so painful that it's going to ruin, you know, it's not like I'm languishing on a couch or on a sick bed. Yeah. But I've been able to read. I, I've read more books this past month than I, I don't know if I've ever had a month <laughs> that I've read as much as I've read, listened as much as I've listened to, mm-hmm. that I've just sat with my family and heard the word over the last two months. Uh, so a lot has been a blessing. And I've, I, and even some of the some of my studies have been on comforting people in sickness and, and the matters of suffering. Right. Uh, a Book of Comfort by P.B. Power, which I yep. know you recommended, yeah, it and it was fabulous, at your recommendation that I picked it up. Book, what a yeah. great book. Yeah. Uh, if you don't have a Book of Comfort, sometimes it's called A Book of Comfort. I think originally it's called The Sick Man's Comfort. Yep. A Book of Comfort in Sickness. It's got several different titles, but right. P.B. Power. Yep. A contemporary of uh, J.C. Ryle and Spurgeon. Book, I believe. It's, but you also get it uh, on on Kindle on for Amazon, like a, yeah. a ninety nine cents or something. Yeah, just read the chapter titles. It's it's worth its weight in gold. Um, 
Paul David Tripp's new book on suffering, uh, and then I'm also going through now uh, Jerry Bridges' book on trusting God even when life hurts. And so, and it's interesting, uh, even though when people would say you're you're in the midst of this trial, I in some ways I just uh, I, I I'm listening to it more for ways I can use to comfort others than yeah. you know though it's certainly helpful to me too. I mean. So, Jim, as we as we wrap the episode up, I would like for you, Jim, will you just throw out a few just bullet points of um, wisdom that God's teaching you that come to your mind just in these last couple minutes of, mm-hmm. and and let those who are listening, who maybe are anticipating one day being laid aside, mm-hmm. that they can they can have these in the back of their mind. What just any random thoughts of, of lessons that you're learning from this as we wrap yeah. up? So the first thing I would say is, is the, and this is the text I used with this older brother, do not rejoice that the demons are subject to you. Rejoice that your name is written in heaven. Mm-hmm. And there can be a temptation of, of those in ministry and even sometimes in the Christian life to get more excited about what we do for God than what God has done for us in mm-hmm. Christ. Yeah. And like, oh boy, I get to do this for the kingdom. And just to recognize your greatest joy and your chief identity is who you are in Christ. And nothing can take that away. Not life, nor death, sword, famine, peril. Amen. And and so, yeah, you can have your pulpit taken away and you can have your ability to minister taken away, but God cannot, will not take away the riches of what you have in Christ. So Mm -hmm. brother, find your chief identity there. If your identity is wrapped up in your ability to teach and preach, and if your joy in God and your joy in studying God's word is wrapped up and that you get to preach it, then something's fundamentally wrong. Mm-hmm. And you really need to to get back and say, would I love this Bible if I couldn't preach it? That's excellent. Would I love the church if I weren't behind the pulpit? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What if, what if you know, you just have to be careful because we can fool ourselves and deceive ourselves into thinking that we love spiritual things because we get to, do, we get to be out front. And, mm-hmm. you, and, and when that's taken away, and, and God may determine to take that away in one way or another, uh, and, and, but take that as a kindness from God yeah. to show you what what really matters. So that's the first thing, is yeah. just understand Excellent. and delight in God's Word because it's God's Word, the church because Jesus loves it, um, mm-hmm. worship because it's precious, listening to preaching by even if, and I'm not saying this is in my case, less, lesser gifted men, mm-hmm. uh, because you want your soul to be fed. Uh, yep. So th- those are the chief things that I would, and, but um, it's, been, it's a hard thing because I want to glory in my strength. You know, I think when I'm strong, that I'm strong. Yeah, right. And this is, so I take this because God knows has been an area of weakness for me. And, and um, he's very kindly, uh, you know, brought that about in my life. And so embrace, we talk a lot about embracing weakness. What was theoretical has become real, and I'm, mm. I'm thankful to God for that. Jim, that's really excellent. Thank you, and very helpful. Um, and I, in a minute, I want to be able to pray for Jim and those listening uh, that you can agree with me as we as we pray together. But uh, Jim, this is really helpful. I, I think this is, if a pastor can truly embrace his weakness within his ministry, uh, there's a joy wrapped up in that yeah. that's God's design that is not there apart from us being able yeah. to do that. And can I, I, can I, I say one final yeah, thing please real quickly, do. Brian? Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is, I recognize in some ways I have it easier than some brothers because my my weakness has been preeminently physical. Mm-hmm. And so it's like you look at my face and people, <laughs> I, I sometimes think, oh, I don't look that different. And I meet somebody who hasn't said, like, what happened to you? You know, yeah. uh, my droopy face, yeah. uh, my crooked smile and my weird eyeball right mm-hmm. now. Um, 
but if it's emotionally, because last year I was, I, I went through a time of almost crippling emotional difficulty. Right, right. That that laid me aside in other ways. Mm. That was a lot harder mm. to embrace that weakness than this weakness. Yeah. And there may be a brother who's thinking, boy, I wish I had Bell's palsy so I could take this time off and then nobody would blame me. Instead of depression. Instead of depression right. and people saying, well, why aren't you stronger? Yeah, right. Cause sometimes, That's a great point. Yeah, so I just wanted to say that, brother, maybe that you need to don't, don't literally kill yourself. Don't, mm. don't metaphorically kill yourself mm-hmm. and cripple yourself with guilt that God has exposed your weakness emotionally or mentally that you might need that break mm-hmm. um, to, to be restored. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate you sharing that because there's a lot more people listening that probably would potentially be laid aside because of an emotional or even a mental fatigue right. or a darkness of the soul. And we need to remember to, to bring this full circle. You know, Spurgeon, his, the quote you gave was a lot of his laying aside was out of emotional, emotional. depression and yep. struggle. So just keep that in mind as you're listening to this, that uh, you're a limited, finite human being. You're not God. None of us are. And uh, we have to take care of ourselves and be attentive to God maybe needing to lay us aside right. for God for doesn't despise your weakness. That's right. Excellent. And God doesn't despise your humanity. That's right. God's not ashamed of making you a weak vessel. So I want to, as we wrap this episode up, I would like to uh, pray for Jim and pray for each of you uh, and hope that this would spur you on to, to not just embrace your humanity and your weakness as a pastor, knowing you're limited, but you would see the kind and sovereign providence of God in whatever you're facing today. So let me pray for Jim and pray for you in that way as we close. <clears throat> Lord, thank you for Jim. And thank you for the way that his mature faith, his sincere and authentic walk with Jesus has come out even in just what we've heard him share during this time. And Lord, we ask that you would strengthen him in his weakness. Lord, we pray for healing and that you would heal him and it would be in your perfect time. But we ask that so you would be able to restore him to the ministry, the full ministry you've called him to. We pray, Lord, as he even goes to preach this Sunday, that you would give him the words to say. And though they may come out a little different than he would like them to, we know that your spirit and your word goes out powerfully regardless. And even in weakness, it goes out particularly powerful. So would you use him in that weakness in the pulpit this Sunday, that you would make his people receptive to him, and that you would mightily work in that place as he preaches. Uh, Lord, sustain him through the rest of this this trial and this affliction. Continue to teach him the lessons that you have taught him. Lord, help us to listen and learn the lessons that in, in our place of health that we can then take into if we ever face this kind of affliction. Lord, every listener to this, whether they're battling depression, a darkness of the soul, or a physical or mental affirmity that's hindering their full work in the ministry, Lord, would you give them faith to believe you're at work and that you are in charge of this, that you're overseeing it, and it's working for all of our good. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you are listening to this, just a last note, um, would you uh, feel free to write us if you have a podcast topic you'd like us to tackle. Go to iTunes, leave us a review, and uh, let us know any way we can serve you in the future. But thanks for listening.